0: Hi, I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, today? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano. So why don't you make like a tree
1: and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Doctor said I need a backyotomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this.
0: So, it's come to this.
1: Indeed it has.
0: Hello. To the outer depths. Ooh. It's come way out to this.
1: It's uh we're we're swimming in a sea of darkness, my friend.
0: Yeah, this is uh man, if you want to get away from things right now We just watched <laughs> far, a movie far away. about the people getting the farthest away. Yeah. Uh, we're here, we're gonna talk about Ad Astra. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric.
1: This is a movie podcast, and uh, this is our first time to deep space. I think in the movies, yeah, I don't know, yeah. I don't. We haven't really done one of these uh, epic space opera, one of these sci-fi really serious
0: depths of the philosophical, mind and say, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but Ad Astra is definitely all of that. It came out last year, uh, late summer.
0: To pretty middling reviews and a disappointment at the box office.
1: Yeah, no one went out and saw this. Uh, uh, including me. I was one of those people who did not see it. You were not. Yeah. Well, there's I refused. Kind of a, there's I refused. kind of a funny
0: story about that. I refused to see it. Um, it, it came out to the, the Third Street Cinemas, 375.
1: Third Street Cinemas.
0: All the time. <laughs> and The local theater for us, yeah. Yeah, our Bargain Cinema. Run. The uh, It came out one of the big final times we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's playing at the same time. Right. And so that was the movie that you and I saw over a half dozen times together in the theater over the course of three months. Yeah. The movie was in theaters for a long time. Go back and listen to those episodes. We talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood
1: <laughs> quite a bit. It was It uh, keeps popping up. It was one of my favorite movie-going experiences of... uh the last decade. Yeah. Probably maybe the most I've seen a movie first time out, you know, in the theaters over oh, and over and over again for me. And uh really really loved both Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in those roles, especially yeah. Cliff Booth. <laughs> yeah. And the more I watched Cliff Booth, the more I loved every second. You just
0: wanted to live an experience only Cliff Booth. I just Booth. enjoyed every moment.
1: <laughs> That Brad Pitt was on screen in a way that I don't usually go for Pitt.
0: The pure euphoria I would see you in every time the scene where he was driving down like sunset after leaving uh, the hills. Yeah, magical. Just weaving in and out of traffic and driving across LA.
1: Anytime so. he's driving in the car, anytime he's fighting Bruce Lee, you got to love it. <laughs> yeah. So then this Guy, movie this I, movie came out. He's a out. war hero. <laughs> Goddamn war, war hero. hero. <laughs> uh, that guy's famous. Uh so when this came out a few months later, it looked the trailers made it look pretty down and dour. And cool visuals. Yeah, they they didn't lie. (laughs) Let me tell you, it is. But then seeing Brad Pitt like sad-faced, I was like, I don't want to go there right now. I want to keep Cliff Booth pure in my head without going like, and also let's watch him now be a sad astronaut.
0: He is a dedicated to exploration, emotionally low man.
1: low is a generous he description can of can turn his off emotions. and
0: compartmentalize his emotions yeah. and come off cold whereas the pure lovable joy of wife murderer <laughs> cliff booth you don't believe that old <laughs> shit, <do you? laughs> that guy <laughs> you uh you flat out refused to see it with me when yep. i went to see it at third you're Street. like i'm going to see it and i think i
1: probably told you then this exact uh story in my head of (laughs) it's not a normal thing to think it's not a normal way to behave
0: i checked i I keep a log of what movies i see we saw uh once upon a time on the 19th of october uh of last year and uh and then i saw ad astra on the 22nd so i I was you you were not yet ready and that october
1: 19th was probably what time five Time four or five of us watching it together in the theater. <sighs> probably more. It was
0: probably six or At seven. At least, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> you were you did not want to let that Brad Pitt go yet. That said, people like me who did not
1: see it on a big screen, I think uh, missed out. This is a big screen, cinematic, sweeping, epic. It's huge. Large scale space movie.
0: Yeah. And it was pretty cool. I, I didn't recognize the name of the director, James Gray. When I watched the movie, looking him up afterwards, I never would have guessed. I've seen the guy's whole run of 90s movies. They could not be more different than a deep space journey to Saturn epic. Right. It's stuff like We Own the Night and the Yards, those Massachusetts kind of crime movies. I was going to
1: say like low-level crime. Yeah.
0: Stuff happened down at the Maybe rail yard. Noir noir. Yeah. You know? He's, Tony- a New-
1: He's a New York filmmaker.
0: Yeah. Tony Musanti. Is in both of those movies. Ah. Cool character actor and but then a great movie called Little Odessa. Another like, you know, big city crime kind of caper, but the low-key crime guys. Right. Tim Roth. And I loved all of them. It's a cool, cool run of films. Nothing like a ninety <laughs> million dollar deep space exploration journey to the edge of the known universe. Yeah. Kind of movie.
1: Ed- the edge of the solar system. And Inside your own
0: heart. How do you do that? How do you go from directing like a crime movie and I, then be like, "Well, I'm question. being given ninety million dollars to make this look like outer space."
1: I know. I know James Gray uh, directed uh, the Lost City of Z, which came out a few years before. I, I've not seen that one. I've not seen it either, but it looks pretty big scale, big, uh, maybe a big budget there. That's but, wild. Yeah, uh, this <laughs> movie is very much not just a. Uh, normal people in normal you know in, in the, the this movie starts. The world out it creates with,
0: is is really spectacular. It even yeah. starts with kind of like a Terminator esque like near future. You know, like cool opening print scroll, to, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they, they uh just leave the words to the stars and then add Astra. Yeah. That's what that means, by the way. Yeah. To the stars.
0: <laughs> the the intros I went in knowing so little about this movie. Uh The way I like it. So I didn't know if it was... We get mostly sci-fi horror. There isn't as much of a big market for the just sci-fi. I guess that we get one a year. One big $90 million space thing. It's the one with Matt Damon, you know, (laughs) on growing potatoes. It's uh, Gravity. You know, we get those kind of movies. Or growing up, it was uh, we have to blow something up (laughs) in space. We're blowing up the moon.
1: All right, look. We're going to land on the asteroid. We're going to blow up the asteroid. We need a couple of oil well riggers.
0: And also there's another movie with a very similar plot that's going to come out shortly. So we need to beat this to market, (laughs) people. Yeah. And this movie, I didn't know what to expect. And so from that start, it already has like a Terminator kind of sci-fi horror feel. And I loved and was really entranced by how the movie kept... Having these flashes of actual horror hmm. within a sci fi framework, but never dipping from its straight arrow sci fi route.
1: Yeah, this movie has a, a very um, intense push to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's moments where it seems like not much is happening, but it never lags no. really. And uh, it starts out with a hell,
0: hell of a bang. Jeez, uh, this you- is one of the most gorgeous and scary intros openings i've ever seen we get to see this conceptual
1: space antenna yeah Uh, i like how they this movie is very very good about um giving you the dialogue you need to know what's going on yeah like it's a beautiful day in the space antenna great day to make contact with all those aliens out there (laughs) that's why we're here that's the mission. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like, all right, that's okay. Now we know, why, guy now we know what, why space Maine. antenna exists. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They do that, uh, yeah, seemingly throughout the movie. They're like, oh, this vessel does this, that, you know, but it's all relayed in the, uh, <laughs> right, overhead sets yeah. and
0: in, uh, in labs and such. <laughs> yeah, but this space antenna, the movie does a really great job of giving you the context for big visuals and small visuals, you'll be in really close on a character and had a great way of just doing far back shots to show how really insignificant we are amongst the vast outer reaches of space. Right.
1: Yeah, you're in Brad Pitt's suit. You know, you're in a tight compartment. There's a lot of claustrophobia like you get in space movies. Yeah. But then he steps out onto this platform and the camera just pans down over over the planet.
0: My stomach turned a couple Ooh. times in this movie, man. I can imagine
1: on the big screen, that is quite a uh, a lurch. It was intense. Yeah. yeah.
0: This opening in the big screen, oh my gosh. You, he steps onto this landing down a ladder. <laughs> it just looks like he is thousands of feet above the ground, free, just just climbing down a ladder. Climbing down like and you would just, with an antenna pole or something. Yeah, and the way the camera just goes over the falls there you know, over the edge of this antenna and follows him down. is just this, Oh God. Yeah. It was intense. And this whole movie has that kind of intensity to it. It's very visceral. Yes. Throughout.
1: Very much so. Yeah. You definitely get a sense of the, uh, yeah. Like you said, the scale, the movement, the way people were moving in space, all kind of had that weight or weight or weightlessness effect to it. I thought done really well. It was
0: impressively relatable. Yeah. For putting us in deeper and deca- deeper, unrelatable <laughs> circumstances. Totally foreign things were happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought Brad Pitt was able to powerly convey what he was going through throughout. And the look of the film appeals to that entirely. And this opening shot. Once you get the massive length and height of this space antenna into full effect, we get this explosion with just debris raining down from above, and we get this crazy nine eleven opening <laughs> to a movie,
1: kind of like Gravity, how Gravity just opens with the whole thing going to shit, yeah, uh, falling apart. But yeah, we get a power surge right. in this one, mm. uh, and then yeah, you see people just start dropping off the antenna,
0: and uh, people falling intense fucks me up. <laughs> I hate yeah. seeing it in movies, man. Well, then people he, just yeah. fall free falling from a height. He goes into free fall. In, He's spinning around. The the ones that really freak me out are the ones that are just happening in the background. That always freaks me out. I hate it. When a char- when your main character is holding on to something, and you there's just some guy that him. we get introduced to as he falls through the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like yeah. just some guy. Ah! <laughs> and it's like, geez, the poor dude. Like, I hate it. I hate it. It always bums me out. The movie's just... Three minutes in. Yeah. Well, several people just fell to their death. Oh.
1: Hopefully some of them made it, but no, a lot of people died of the antenna that day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: it's not a day looked back on fondly. It's a national tragedy. But the whole thing where Brad Pitt just goes into his own intentional free fall. Yeah. And you are just tossing and tumbling with him and seeing his visuals. Oh, my gosh. It's so scary the way the antenna looked and the way you were getting the scope and size of this thing because of how long this fall was taking. <laughs> yeah, it was really they stay powerful. Stay with the to me. fall the whole way. Yeah, it Definitely. is a real time fall. The man is in free fall. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it was done in real time, right? That, that was the intention.
1: Yeah, they awesome. actually dropped Brad Pitt off of <laughs> yeah, the world's tallest crazy antenna. Crazy You know, this movie, watching it, this is a, I don't know if you heard the news maybe a few months ago, how Tom Cruise wants to make a movie in space. Yeah. I bet he saw this movie and was like, <laughs> fucking Brad Pitt. I'm doing it. I'm doing, I'm doing it. it. for real. Yeah. We're really going to be God, doing it that this would, time. That would, that is right? going to happen, That isn't makes it? so much sense. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think you have yeah. to be right. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be in space. You know what? Fuck this! I'm gonna be doing it for real. <laughs> yeah, that's how you make a movie, Brad. This whole flick, though, is one intense set piece after the other. It really is. This thing never lets up, and it keeps just digging its way into my head. Yeah, they and. give
1: you the, they give you a quick plot setup that uh, Brad Pitt's father. Charge of the Lima Project is out in Neptune somewhere. The farthest
0: any man's ever gone. And they think
1: he's responsible for these power surges.
0: He's been disappeared for three years. And this is what they think. They think he's hiding in space. Or even longer, maybe.
1: Well, he he went out there like 15 years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah,
0: It's a long mission, guys. So some guy's hiding in space, which is just a mind-blowing concept to me anyway. (laughs) Like, I'm going to go so deep into space... That nobody can get to me. You don't know where I am. Yeah. Like that, the concept that just kept weighing on my head both times I saw this movie is the idea of being the farthest away. So far nobody away. Nobody can be farther away than going to space. And they're going farther. First guy to get to, you know, be on Mars. Then Saturn. Then right. Jupiter. And now they're going to Neptune. You know, just all these new worlds Thank conquered.
1: You thinking of seeing the earth as a tiny speck in the sky like you would a star. Yeah. That's gotta be a mind
0: fuck. Yeah, this right? these kind of movies, when presented realistically enough, like I felt this one did, really unsettle me. <laughs> yeah. <definitely. laughs> just the idea of being far, something about that <laughs> just trips me out. No, totally. It's it it, under it, my skin.
1: It it really uh it does that well, that whole that feeling of isolation and uh, there's also all this emotional isolation that they give Brad Pitt. And yeah. He's clearly, you know, cut off emotionally. This is a cold and, existence. Um, I thought some of that stuff was played a little bit on the nose. but uh, It was heavy.
0: It but, was overly uh, melodramatic. But they
1: keep the spots. action going pretty well. He has to go to the moon, then go to Mars to send the signal to try to contact his father. So... Uh, you get to see some just like really cool, like commercial.
0: The, the visuals and the ideas uh, and flight, the flight, you know. The specific. I love the movie. The first thing you see is near future. And so it's presenting us with visuals that are believable. Right. Within our lifetime, possible. Crazy, but possible. Especially at first. The fact that they made commercialized travel to the moon. Exactly. They showed very cool ways that, that it was just a normal thing. Yeah. Like a f- pretty n- normal family can go on a vacation to the moon.
1: That reminded me a lot of the 2001 stuff of the guy on the you know on the spacecraft and the stewardess. You know, yeah. On the way to the moon, that way. Like
0: it's now a normal flight experience. Yeah. Had a lot of that going. And on. I don't know if that does hit you because it does hit me at least once per flight. When I'm just some point in the air, <laughs> we're
1: almost at the moon. Yeah, no, yeah, no. not no. It's just like
0: <laughs> I'm reading a magazine or like watching wrestling on a on a flight. You know, sitting perfectly
1: still while you're going 500 miles an hour in a tin can, six miles above the earth. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're just sitting there. You try not to think about in it. this crazy metal tube, flying it works perfectly to your destination. Yeah, and it gets me every time. <laughs> You know actually this shouldn't be happening. This is crazy.
1: It's funny you bring that up cuz that's how I felt uh watching this movie and there's in the scene when yeah they they take off very easy, they have a nice easy flight to the moon. Yeah. They jettison the little capsule and it perfectly lands and I was just like how nice will that be when we <laughs> are at a point in space travel where it's not risky to yeah. fly to the moon. Like that is crazy that it would be on the level of a plane mm-hmm. today, you know, going from New York to LA or something. Yeah, they just need to make but it to the moon.
0: Yeah. Yeah, That's, it's so, uh, and the way this movie presents it is very believable and attainable yeah. feeling. It's not so advanced that it's just like and then this deep space capsule just transports you to, you know, there's no CGI right. uh disappearing effects going on. They make a realistic Well, there's not even version. any
1: turbulence. Right. You know, there's no like, <laughs> there's there's no air pockets to get caught in on the way to the moon or anything. Yeah. Uh, so everything's yeah in in that in that little sequence everything's seamless like that. Sure. Definitely. Definitely.
0: It's it's just such a well done visual and experience a uh, a experience. The sound is so good in this movie at really yeah. capturing the mood of a room. And the intensity of, you know, just what they're hearing. Noise in space is always cool. There's so many silent parts of this movie.
1: I think they do that well, yeah. Yeah,
0: and the sound is so effective. I'm I'm so stunned that this movie got, I guess, you know, ignored as it did. Like, uh, I'm really surprised wonder it what didn't happened. get seen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know it got, it did get uh, the one Oscar nomination it got was for the sound mixing. But that's always weirder to me when it gets one nomination like that cuz it's like so it was on your radar. Right. Like you so you obviously saw this movie. You heard of it. Cuz the cinematography and stuff like that is unparalleled mm-hmm. to the other big beautiful space epics that we have. Visuals in
1: this are are really great. The soundtrack is really great. The soundtrack is. The music so beautiful. is beautiful. The music Goes from kind of pulsing electronic music to more orchestral sweeping music. Yeah, perfectly sit, you know, situated for whatever the visual is. Yeah,
0: there was a bunch of good deep sci-fi synths. Yeah, you know, it but kind
1: of this underlying, like, just like almost under the uh, sound, you know, almost under what you could hear of just that kind of pulsing intensity. I <laughs> I Always love there. few
0: things more than you know a pulsing yeah rhythmic synth underscore to a sci-fi or horror movie you know and this did that without being as uh you know exploitative as a score as you know like a John Carpenter sci-fi score totally it was a classy big production and we've gotten some good ones of that in the last stuff like Oblivion had a an M83 score to it sure Arrival had a big beautiful score oh yeah yeah like a lot of cool sweeping uh,
1: Interstellar, I think, oh, had yeah. uh,
0: something similar to that. They're really finding the right musical tones for all these flicks, and it really adds to the experience for me. This movie was just <laughs> pounding my brain the yeah. whole time; there never a moment of peace, even in the quietest moments. Well, there's always a suit tear. There's always a low oxygen tank. I was going to say, maybe we
1: should just run down, like what are the three most unexpected things that happened in this movie? Because if we're going the we're on, most unexpected. We're on the moon, so maybe we start with Moon Pirates. The moon Pirates. Holy jeez. <laughs> this movie's got Moon Pirates, guys. It's
0: got like Space Mad Max. Totally. No part of me was expecting a scene of Space Mad Max. It's 100% Space Mad Max. I love how this movie kept threatening to go into genre. And then, st- again, just state, nope, we're a space exploration movie. Right. Drama, sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. But then you get Space Mad Max. With, and-
1: with like, space pistols. This is I think this is our first uh, view of the space lasers that that are in this movie. Yeah, this
0: is when we realize, oh, you know, some of that seems attainable, but then the idea of space land rover laser race yeah. seems a little, wow, are we that close?
1: Are we there? <laughs> We're going right to there's, right to Moon Pirates. We're
0: already establishing the idea that there's a way to live independently on the moon. Right. <laughs> the existence of Moon Pirates means that somebody's up there off the grid well, on the moon. And, and that's another one of those moments
1: where they give you just that much information that you need, where it's like the guy's walking up to him like... So, I'm your transport. You can see here we got some moon pirates. A couple countries are letting them stay here. So, uh, yeah, yeah, watch out for moon pirates. Okay, let's go. We're going this way. Oh,
0: yeah. You can't go to that part of the moon. That part's haunted. That, exactly. Yeah. No, that part of the moon, nobody goes over there. Totally. They know those parts of the moon. But yeah, the nobody just, goes on that side. You know, debrief some
1: mm-hmm. and us just enough so you know. like, So, when you see guys coming up uh, on your right here, uh, those are going to be moon pirates. Uh, <laughs> they're bad guys.
0: The the lunar landscape scene was so powerful this idea of them just traveling on the, a space path you saw the signs yeah. that said space lunar space path lunar trail or something yeah. yeah uh it really felt like the 50s western the searchers when oh, yeah. uh the cowboys are suddenly flanked by indians all going you know two paths converging slowly at the same time absolutely the first time you see in the back left of the screen another vehicle pop up, that's like a jump scare kind of moment. You have it was these, cool. It was cool. You have these three lunar rovers going from point A to point B, and the music's a little manipulative <laughs> because if they were well, just sure. if this was just a majestic score, I'd be like, "Wow, the wonders of space!" <laughs> and instead, it's just like do do do. Do, 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 do. Like,
1: well, they well, they, well, they come out of the they come out of, the, come out of the ground like like Jaws. Like, yeah, well, that's like that's why yeah. it felt
0: Mad Max, and Mad Max Two. You know, they had all their underground uh, bunker access. Absolutely, it felt like space Road Warrior, and oh, that visual—that's like a horror movie appearance. The idea that you're not alone in space, Jesus. Right.
1: And it's like they're f- these faceless you know a, a, yeah, you don't all these see moments, any of them. all these moments where the visors are down and you don't see any faces or you just see the reflection or whatever had a very unnerving appeal to it
0: yeah it's really dehumanizing and especially when guys are just getting vehicles are getting blown up guys are getting shot off these Rovers yeah <sighs> those visuals were very cool that whole scene was just like clenching
1: my chair <laughs> yeah and <laughs> while then they're like this. they're approaching the like light horizon so it's just Dark side of the moon on the you know the rest of the way yeah and uh, all of that was
0: just like woo the dark side of the moon visual was chilling to me like I said the visuals in this movie kept me just like captivated throughout I was able to ignore uh, the excess of Brad Pitt's mopey narration real real moper collection
1: this is like one of those like Blade Runner where you just go like I think it would have been stronger without the Without the internal narration Or at dialogue. least not
0: as much. Yeah. We really started to get a lot of too deep thoughts with Brad Pitt, you know? Yeah.
1: And and they also had very clever narrative tactics to do that, like the the, the characters have to keep giving psych evaluations. Yeah. Which is them basically talking through their feelings out loud to a robot. They're at a level you got that. Of- you got all the debriefing stuff. You've got... Tommy Lee Jones uh video logs yeah. you know you got all these devices to tell it really and is. you still have to have the internal monologue. It, it was like a Metroid a
0: like a Metroid Prime game where you keep finding journals right that slowly explain the story <laughs> to you you know what went on here who could have escaped exactly
1: but yeah <laughs> that's as much as the Brad Pitt narration was kind of doing yeah it was just like asking the obvious questions or saying the obvious things Kind of kind of an obvious thing, you know.
0: I'm but. really drawn to these kind of sci-fi movies that are treating this beautifully visual material with such a workman's-like strictness. Mm-hmm. You know, the level of skill it takes to get to this level of depth in space. Uh, you know, a movie like First Man. Which is like a mundane, serious man doing the most extraordinary thing. Right, exactly. But he's so business. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's so professional and so calm. I love how this movie makes the point of, well, your heart rate has never registered over 80 BPM during a mission. Right. Because these people, all their suits track all of, like you said, these constant psychological profiles. They need the coolest of the cucumbers yeah. to be working at this level. So they constantly need evaluating, and yeah, this idea that they have the record that he's the coolest dude.
1: Well, it's like, uh, yeah, he's experiencing all these wonders traveling on the surface of the moon, blasting off from the moon to Mars. Yeah, but he uh, rarely gets a chance to like appreciate it, even yeah. though he's dedicated his life to this. You know, as he says in his many narrations.
0: Uh, <laughs> as he frequently
1: brings up. As he up. keeps telling us. It's stuff like that, too, where it's like, my father, the most decorated man in the in NASA history. It's like, oh,
0: we get it. We got it. You know, I like but, but the anyways, sincerity and the seriousness that it brings to these characters. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot. They're, they're, they, they probably could have pared it down a little bit, but I like the emotional connection that they were really trying to explain uh a difficult relationship right between a father and a son
1: but like you were saying i think the idea of the person seeing such a wondrous thing as mars or the moon in our minds as mm-hmm. people living on earth as wondrous they're seeing it as work or they're seeing it as brad pitt has kind of seen it as a burden or yeah. you know just they're unexcited by it that's that's what made a, the of visuals the even
0: more powerful for me is not only did they look so good and so real and really put me there mm-hmm. in this impossible place. It was the mundanity that all the characters treated it with because they were on a mission. They were professionals. They were doing right. their job. They didn't have time to be just like, man, this is crazy, right? Exactly. Like, you seeing this? Can you believe this? This is nuts. Mars! And so that just made the visuals just, man, when they're just presented as background noise. Yeah. is really cool. And there's
1: a scene on Mars when they finally get there where the woman, uh, but we have to talk about a scene before that. But the woman, to, to kind of cap this m- point, the woman talks about Earth. She visited Earth once as a child Yeah, and how beautiful that was. And so to her, you know, the forests and the rivers of Earth are just like this spectacular other world yeah. that she would love to go experience. I it's really like love the grass this, is always greener. There's this, a little bit of that, I think.
0: This movie can be a little obvious with some of its sentiments. Uh, but stuff like that really gives me a nice, obvious, wonderful, um, in awed feeling. Mm-hmm. The idea that we are not that far away from the possibility of somebody being born away from here. And for them, getting to Earth is the exciting thing. Right. I've never really thought about that. <laughs> you know. The idea of wanting to travel to Earth, yeah, I read something. You've never experienced. I it. read
1: something the other day, just kind of blew my mind. I think 2002 was the last time all humans were on Earth together. Because someone has been in the International Space Station since then. Oh wow! So the idea that not all humans have been on the Earth for
0: in the last 18 years,
1: two, you know, something. It was something like that. <sighs> but uh, that's wild. Anyways, the that sea, guy's
0: the farthest. Yeah, he's exactly. the
1: farthest right now. Uh, the scene we have to talk about before we get to Mars, there's a little uh, detour.
0: This was that in is... the running for the scariest scene in a movie for me last year because it is so unexpected. It's outright horror. It is, it's pure horror. They get a mayday call. A distress signal. Not good. How many movies... That's when I was like, never oh, good shit, this is turning into a sci-fi horror movie. Yeah. We are going there. This is There's the opening never a Alien. good... What are they going to find? Just a, an empty cargo ship that's like, oh, one of these boxes fell and hit the signal. <laughs> Big zero, guys. Tell them uh, nothing exciting happened because <laughs> yeah. this is a movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Obviously, something terrible is going to happen, and this scene is so good and so perfectly done horror of yeah. them just floating down these space station corridors you know not, not knowing what's around each turn not knowing yeah where anyone is yeah or what's not going knowing on. anybody there just getting this signal
1: we do have the brief that it's a uh, bio biomedical
0: medical ship. research
1: mm-hmm. and animal testing yeah they do even say that
0: before they get there and so, so yeah. oh God we get the appearance of an enraged baboon. A space baboon in a space station that had escaped, killed the crew, presumably, and now is eating the face of Brad Pitt's uh, the, captain. The, yeah, the captain of the ship that, that
1: Pitt was on. Yeah, we are. We we turn a corner and just see this guy's body quivering,
0: kind of undulating from in a behind. very
1: very disturbing manner, and you're
0: like, what the fuck what is, is he going doing? on? He looks like he's being slowly electrocuted. Yeah. It's kind of jostled back and forth in midair. Yeah. It's very unnerving again. And then freaky, mo. it looks like something out of resident evil or something. Oh yeah. You no, know? abs- like oh, yeah, suddenly sure. you are in like deep space horror. Well, and then instead
1: of a zombie though, it's yeah, it's a baboon who then peers over the guys <laughs> oh, shoulder, looking straight at the camera at, at Brad Pitt at you. And, uh, did not see that coming. Did not see Space Ape. Uh, those did not have that on my bingo card.
0: Those eyes coming over the shoulder of uh, the captain. Crazy. That was scary. Oh my god, I was scared. And then the ape just flings himself at him. You get a Space Ape battle. Just coming at you, zero g
1: Space uh, Ape coming right at this you. This is
0: one of the best. You know this. This will. I'm writing a wrong here. We during our Jaws episode recently. We were talking about, do we even like other shark movies? Mm. I was about to bring it up, but got sidetracked, like I can get. (laughs) Uh, The coolest shark scene from the movie Zombie. Oh. With the man, (laughs) the zombie fighting a shark underwater. That is a pretty good good scene. That's a shark scene right there. And I was going to bring it up. I felt terrible for not getting it in there. Good. So there's this cool human with animal scene. Right, right, right. <laughs> but this Brad Pitt with baboon. Oh, my God. That is, that is horror. Yeah. It's pretty
1: great. And again, the, the space laser comes in handy. Yeah. It's good with a gun.
0: Blows this baboon across the station. But, oh, my gosh. The baboon scratching at the door. The latch starting to pull. Him trying to duct tape up the guy's space helmet to potentially save him. Oh,
1: yeah. That was such a great... The guy's space helmet's all shattered and caved of, in yeah. from the baboon eating him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he starts duct tape. I was like, good shout out for duct tape. Yeah. Yeah. Duct <laughs> tape. A, that's a hot it's hot like, endorsement. Guys, we're still... Near future, still using still duct tape. Still doing it. it. It survives. It has not been uh, yeah improved upon. And then,
0: oh, my gosh. For some reason, going into this movie, is it, is it PG-13? I don't honestly know, but I thought it was. It, it is, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The horror in this movie just had the intensity of an R-rated movie. And plus, we get a depressurized baboon
1: blowing up. Yeah, they uh, they liquefy that baboon.
0: Oh, my gosh. This this felt way too intense to be a PG-13 movie. Uh,
1: Well, you know, they never swear. There's no sex or anything in it, so... They let That's a lot true, of there's that no stuff.
0: sex. There's there's one F-bomb. It's very Liv, sexless. Liv Tyler drops once. So they got there. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, so they got think. their one. Yeah, Liv Tyler. <laughs> but we just keep getting deeper into space, and these situations have this like almost Dolly-esque, like, of all the places for this to be happening. Mm. It's happening farthest away from it. There's like eight people out here, but I'm in a fight with a baboon.
1: Yeah, the odds that uh, (laughs) exactly you're 30 million miles, 30 billion miles from the Earth, and you've been killed by an ape.
0: Yeah. Are you kidding me?
1: That is like rain on your wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And we get so much
0: of that. Like, oh my gosh, it seems like such an accident that Brad Pitt keeps getting to each planet. Yeah. There's such a, don't think he'll make it kind of element to every destination he's going once the space pirate happens you can hardly yeah. trust anything after that yeah we got oh. pirate baboon we finally get to mars he what about the oh this isn't claustrophobia exactly but this got under my skin too when he takes the secret mars tunnel oh yeah to uh hijack the space shuttle and most of it's underwater yeah, he's, he's in Mars water. He's under. He's
1: uh, yeah, he's in in a pitch dark black cavern. In a spaceman suit, underwater, like <laughs> guided by a rope, like Andy Dufresne style, just climbing yeah. through this tunnel to get t- to this spot.
0: This is one of those things in, in a yeah. deep sci- sci-fi movie like this that the whole time I'm wondering, like, what prepared you for that? <laughs> like, at what point are you like, okay, so then the next part of our shortcut. You're going to be underwater for several minutes, but there's a tow rope, but it's also pitch black, so be <laughs> careful. When are you like, yeah, no, I can handle that? Not my first rodeo, you know? The balls on this guy. <laughs> Being able to just handle that shortcut. and then yep. st- He's a major. Dude. Major. Breaking into a space shuttle. As
1: and it's like, taking off. The
0: movie manages to keep... As it's taking off. Not before. In the process of launch... There's so much improbable and implausible stuff that happens (laughs) that is presented in such a straight-faced, honest way that it really feels real. Yeah. They don't make this guy into a superhero. They make him fearless and detached. But these situations are all in the unbelievable environments but are plausible. These attacks are messy you know, there's not a cleanliness to these fight scenes, right. They're like clumsy scraps,
1: yeah, he hijacks the shuttle that's now going because they made contact with his dad at the Lima project. They know where he is. they're gonna send a nuke to blow it everything up they
0: they cut Brad Pitt off because he's too
1: emotionally he's, involved. He's too attached, yeah, so he's like, I'll show you. I'll hijack the ship, kill the whole crew, and yeah. then carry out the mission as planned,
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll kill you guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, interesting tactic. This
0: idea. Also, this is a really good uh, example. You and I are regularly confronted with these situations where it's just not worth it to try. Sometimes this whole movie is Brad Pitt trying to get farther than any man's ever gone into space. For the grand mission of having his father be like, I just like space more than you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is really going so far out of your way to please a loved one who's been pushing themselves literally farther away from humanity for the last two decades.
1: Yeah, you kind of wonder why he's so obsessed with getting to his dad. It's because his dad, you know. He feels like his dad promised him he was gonna come home. Yes. But Dad I, clearly had no intention no, of coming home. But I from love these Neptune.
0: I love these movies and I love these real life tales about people with that level of drive. Yeah. That level of psychotic brain function that allows them to hyper focus and obsess over that kind of thing. They aren't harming anybody but themselves. Just this idea of wanting to know first hmm. the idea of wanting to know more to see things that literally nobody else has seen you know it's that Rutger Hauer sea <laughs> beams glittering <laughs> you know like right, right. it's that it's that level of being just farther away and that's so powerful to me and to know that the other guy who's getting that far is you know this son and like it's heavy it's heavy-handed but it's also heavy
1: yeah, it's heavy. it's a really powerful movie, I think. Um, but it's not uh, it, It's never like roll your eyes kind of I don't melodrama. Think so. I think. It's... I think the scene the scene I was really worried about is when he finally gets to Neptune and confronts his dad. I was yeah. like, here we go. Here come the waterworks. You know, whatever it may be. Um, but it turns out, yeah, Dad is like, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is my life. You were never my life. Sorry. It treats its characters you know. honestly. And it Brad doesn't Penn give us any like that. yeah, it yeah. doesn't
0: give us any warmth. <laughs> it gives us honesty. And it's not like mean about it, but it's it's honest. It's true. Right. Like this is what this guy's obsessed with. This is what his brain cares about.
1: And uh it it kind of gives you the obvious like uh there's a very obvious line where he's like <laughs> He looked f- so hard for what wasn't there. He yeah. didn't see what was right in front of him. And then you kind of get the whole, like, you know, you drive yourself to that point to achieve some goal, but you don't take time to appreciate those around you. Yeah. Kind of a, you know.
0: And some people, and, and he was, I like you know, how they I kept I get why him. they it, would say that. It's get, Tommy Lee Jones, by the way. I don't think we've been Oh, yeah, as that.
1: the dad is Tommy Lee Jones. He's Really great, great performance. Yeah.
0: Super strong uh, Lakers. Tommy Jones has been really good for a, a, every three year kind of performance. He does indie work, you know, strong actor that uh, we've, we've talked about before in rolling thunder. One of his early, yeah, but he's really good here as just an overdriven man. Who's lived far enough in the future that he has advances and he's done everything. This is an accomplished human like he didn't accidentally wind up where he wound up. No. This guy has studied and specifically worked his life just to get farther. And they
1: I, they also give him some good space madness though. He is he, he does pretty much kill his whole crew because they keep wanting to end the the mission. And he's dedicated <laughs> to finding life. His big you know yeah. the Lima project was meant to go out to the solar system away from the sun's magnetic, you know, interference. Right. To contact life. They didn't contact any.
0: He could not accept that. He could not accept that there was not intelligent life yeah. out there. He just hasn't gone far enough yet to reach it. Exactly. And it's really just his obsession with, I have the tools to get there. I might not make it, but I can come closer than anyone else. You see these kind of driven movies, and they're usually about you know track stars or... Mm -hmm. car racers (laughs) you know we're gonna go faster than it you know that kind of thing right i love this idea of we're gonna get farther and farther i don't know how the the timetable is but we're gonna keep getting farther there might not be anything out there but we're gonna keep seeing and it's gonna keep happening after we're gone Mm -hmm. so i love the presentation of this movie as again the near future (laughs) Right, it's I think coming they up.
1: Hit, I think they hit that perfectly mm-hmm. because, yeah, it's not so
0: far advanced that uh, things don't look it too doesn't... totally different. Even right. though they are way different, yeah, you know. But yeah, so many different concepts. Of this hit me so hard. I'm glad you brought up the one with Ruth Nega and the uh, the idea of her favorite memory going to Earth. Right, right. That could have been.
1: That was a a powerful moment for uh me to have that. And there's a lot of
0: sentimentality in the movie like that that could have come off uh, cloying. Yeah. Could have come off, you know, an obvious line. But she especially really gave it a nice lived-in feel. And again, an honest feel. Yeah. This didn't seem like an overly cheesy sentimentality. It really hit nice levels, I think, more often than not,
1: yeah, and I think that definitely happens at the end. And Tommy Lee Jones just really forces Brad Pitt to let him go in the physical and you know emotional sense. And I think that played really understated. A couple of guys <laughs> grappling in spacesuits outside of Neptune with the be- that Neptune that beautiful blue, yeah. Uh, Neptune, that they did, whoever did the visuals on that, that was...
0: It was so beautiful. Really cool. Uh,
1: but yeah, I thought it really worked well. And then even after you have all of that melodrama, you still have to have the Dark Star moment where he takes a piece of uh, the ship and body boards yeah, through an asteroid belt.
0: through the belt. <laughs> uh, to
1: get back to his ship. I was just like, thank you for giving me at least a little bit of... Give me... A th- a yeah. Little juice, a little juice <laughs> right at the end there. I appreciated that.
0: You know... The movie, like you said, I love how it looks so good, but the, the sentimentality keeps hitting me. The movie that I weirdly was reminded of during the ending, so not the movie I was expected to be thinking of. Uh, there's a movie from 89 or 90 called Longtime Companion. It's about the AIDS crisis okay. <laughs> amongst uh, sure. New York uh, New York men. And so it follows various couples. And, uh, as they begin catching the illness or not catching it hmm. and Bruce Davison, a great actor, genre legend, uh, he and his partner, there's a scene where his partner's dying and he's just holding his hand and saying, just let go, just let go. Like, it's okay. Right. It's okay. And I thought this Tommy Lee, Je- Lee Jones scene was similarly powerful. Like he just wants to, this is what he wants. Just yeah. let go. Right. Like, come on, you did this, and I'm impressed by you. Yeah. He said there's a lot of positive affirmations from his father. He just doesn't fully care. He wants something else. Or it's like
1: he's living his life. You have to live yours. You know, there's a, there's a lot of this like, the son carries the burden of the father. Like, yeah. you, you don't have to live your dad's life, or you don't have to live anyone else's life a- at all.
0: The, the scene you were talking about that could have been bungled. And was nailed when Brad Pitts come to take him home. And the whole Tommy Lee Jones, like, home? <laughs> like This is home. This yeah. is home. Like I've been out here way like this is my home. Right. Like, I've I went thirty years without even thinking
1: of Earth. But he does it in just that perfectly like kind of sad understated Tommy Lee Jones way mm-hmm. that I think it's like almost anyone else, I don't know if that works.
0: There's just a hint Enough of a hint of wistful. Yeah. Without there being anything that's gonna change his mind. You know, he's set. He's doing what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh this movie, yeah, it it got really good critic reviews. It got it was, you know, very well received critically. But it was one of those movies that the audience scores were terrible. Like people wanted this to be more of like a total recall space actioner.
1: Or yeah they wanted they wanted it to go full one maybe maybe it's because it tips its toe so many times yeah into I think it keeps hinting so much scenes at being, horror scenes right. sci-fi epic scenes but then melodrama family drama
0: I think getting the horror elements and getting the action elements out of the way deliberately in the first half totally. Uh, must have just rubbed some viewers wrong impatient people. They end with all the melodrama and all the relationship. Right. You know, that's the last home stretch. Gets very introspective there. No more. Yeah, very deep, very reflective, very introspective. No more space ape threats. There's no monsters. (laughs) There's nothing else that's happening. So maybe it's the getting teased with it felt like more of a rug was getting pulled out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Seeing this movie and not knowing anything about it going in, I thought... It was just a powerful experience. I could see people
1: maybe thinking it's a slow movie. Um, Sure,
0: introspection. Brad can be slow.
1: Brad Pitt's very understated in this role. Like he's he doesn't ever yell or act out really much. Uh, Well, he's he's very logical. Keep that heart rate below eighty BPM, man. So I think there's you know maybe just it's not a movie for everybody. I can see that. I, I would, I would definitely say that. I think if you're really into space, you'll like it. If you're into heady sci-fi, <laughs> I you'll think like it, it.
0: I think it's one of the greatest sci-fi movies of the decade. Like, I think really strongly of it. I had it in my top ten uh, for the year after one viewing. Yeah, and it only moved up a couple of spots. Well, everything, everything as
1: far as especially like space sci-fi, everything's been like. St- Star Wars mindlessness, Star Trek reboot kind of mindlessness. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the these new alien movies that are just mindless. Well, every Gravity y- which is just a roller coaster ride, right? You know, Gravity like,
0: is good. I actually I saw that in 3D when it came ooh. out in the theaters. It was really cool. But we have gotten different uh, genres of spy, sci-fi classic. And I'm ready to put Ad Astra close to these stuff like Ex Machina. Mm, or, mm-hmm. or, uh, under the skin. Yeah. I think those, I'd have those both above Ad Astra.
1: Like art house sci fi, but right. like in a, in a very, that's a compliment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in a good way.
0: But, you know, when I think of my favorite sci fi films from the last decade, those are the first two that come up. Definitely. And this one's right there next to them. I think this is a really powerful movie and just a really quality sci fi offering. Just, a... Like I said, every year, we'll get a Safety Not Guaranteed, Mm. and these uh, The Vast of Night is another one that we've both watched recently uh, on Amazon. Yeah. They're out there, these beautiful, gorgeous movies that really care about the wonder of space. That's probably the sentimentality that gets me the most, is the wonder in things. Right. That's a powerful feeling for me, just the wonder of everything that's around us, and these people are going... (laughs) Bar. <laughs> it's good i i could see the brad pitt role being boring especially coming off cliff booth that was what you were scared of right 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 the charismatic understated but overstated cliff versus the cold yeah <laughs> roy right uh it's a it's a jump it's but, a jump oh. but uh, i'm glad i
1: finally got to see it i'm happy now to, yeah, i'm glad we watched it it's on the hbo max now or uh probably other streaming it services, looks beautiful but
0: it it's it's one of those movies that was underappreciated in its time and i really hope the the mood changes on it i i love it this one's only grown uh since i've seen it so check it out check it out guys I, it
1: I think it came to this i think it did come to this yeah i'm yeah. eric
0: i'm charlie think, yeah
1: we'll talk to you next week all right guys good night